Here's what I want to declare of our church. I, I, as I prayed this week and was just asking God for fresh vision and direction about where we're heading in a church, uh, as a church in 2019, I, I just had God pulling me uh, back to a scripture and I kind of wrestled with him w- where this first series of 2019 was going to go. But I really felt like God wanted me to say to you today as we start 2019 that I believe that this is going to be 2019 a year of freedom for our church. And so I'm declaring today that over your life and over our church, you know, as I was praying about this, I really felt like there would be people that that haven't even stepped in the door of Bay Chapel, but in 2019 would, would find themselves in hopeless situations and they would walk in to this room. And they would be uh, greeted by a parking attendant who was smiling and loving and pointing people in the right direction. And every stop along the way, they would experience and encounter the love of Jesus through people who had found freedom in Christ. And their lives would be completely and radically changed by his love and his power. And, and here's what I believe is that in, in this year, we're going to see relationships restored. I'm praying that this would be a year of freedom because I believe that if we were being honest and real, that there's people even in this room right now that you have for a significant season of your life battled anxiety and depression. And here's what I'm praying is as earnestly as I can is that God would set you free of that this year in Jesus name. I'm believing that, that God would set people free of that, of, of insecurity and, and, and addictions in your life that maybe nobody knows about. And you've tried everything that you can to get free, that you would find freedom through the power and presence of Jesus. I believe it's going to happen. And here's what I want to do is over this year, I want to share stories of people that are being set free and their lives are changed and we'll give God glory for it. And so that's why for the next few weeks, I want to just dive into this idea called Breaking Free, the series Breaking Free. Next week, I'm going to talk about freedom in our minds. And then in week three of the series, I'm going to uh, talk about uh, being set free from addictions in our life. And then we're going to celebrate on the fourth weekend of this month, everybody, last Sunday of January. Uh, our church turned six years old. Come on, a six years old. <clears throat> I know for some of you, that's not a big deal, but I remember when we started church and there were only two people in the room, everybody, and we prayed that by the time worship would end, that 15 more would show up. So uh, God is doing great things in our church. If you want to grab your notes, go ahead and do that and let's uh, jump in together. I'm so excited about this idea and this talk this morning, a life of freedom. If you're a teenager in this room, I believe this word is for you. If you're 90 in the room and everybody in between, I believe that God has a great word for us today. I want to let you know this, that in 2019, in in our message notes, I use these every week, if you're new with us at Bay Chapel, to follow along. These accomplish quite a few things. Number one, kind of keeps us on track together. Number two, it helps keep you awake, all right? You know, you just follow along in those notes. You know, seriously, I, I want this to be a resource and a guide. And one of the things that I'm adding in 2019 is right next to the, the text. You'll see, if you're, if you're new to studying God's word, you'll see the first passage today is from Galatians, Paul's letter to the church of Galatia, chapter five, verses 13 through 16. And then you'll see GNT or MSG. Some of you thought, okay, MSG. Okay, that's good. No, what that is, is the, the, the translation or the paraphrase. And I'll tell you this, one of the resources that I like to use, I'm just kind of setting this up real quick and giving you some insight into my study, is that when I'm reading God's word in the Bible app, if you don't have it, download it, or, or even in my regular Bible, 
Uh, if, if, there's, if there's a verse that jumps off the page to me, what I'll often do is I'll use a website called BibleGateway.com. And you probably already use it, but if not, you can check it out. There's a bunch of websites like this, but this is the one that I, that I enjoy. And the reason is because I'll, I'll plug that verse in. And if you just do one verse, you can plug that verse in and then you can say, see this verse in all translations or all paraphrases. And there's a new one called the Passion Translation that I really like. It's just a vivid way of seeing God's word. And they're all useful, but I like it uh, being able to cross-reference because it's amazing. I can read a verse a hundred times, but I see it in a whole new way through that different translation. And so maybe that's a resource to you. And, And that way, when you're following along together on the weekends, you'll see what translation and then you can go do your own study. All right, let's dive in. Galatians chapter five, verses 13 through 16. As for you, my friends, you were called to be, everybody say the next word. You were called to be free. But do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. I think this is a timely word right here and I'll stop before we move on because I think we're coming out of a season, if we're being honest, or maybe I'll just be honest, where we oftentimes let our physical desires control us. The Christmas season, our emotions are never more messed up on a roller coaster like they are during the holidays. Our diets are never more on a roller coaster like they are. Hey, can I get an amen in the room? Listen, I might just be preaching to me today. I don't know. You just hang tight, all right? Listen, I mean, I don't know how you do, but during the holidays, I eat like it's going out of style, man. Like it it might be the last meal and it's just one indulgent meal after another. And and I get to the point where I'm like, I've never been so, so excited about a healthy meal. Like, oh, we're going to have salad. Yes. Because we just eat so hearty during the holidays and and our emotions are out of whack. Our diets are out of whack. We're, man, we, family's out of whack. Just the, the routine is out. Some of these things are indulgent. What happens is a good thing becomes a negative thing because it gets out of control. That's what Paul says here. He says, you let your freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. You see, he goes on instead, let love make you serve one another for the whole law. He, and he, he references the Old Testament. There's 613 laws, everybody. And, and there was one in particular that this church was dealing with was circumcision. They were having a hard time letting new believers come in because they weren't circumcised. That's not the cultural issue we deal with, but I believe this text still applies to us today. He says, for the whole law is summed up in one commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you act like wild animals hurting and harming each other, then watch out or you will completely destroy one another. What I say is this, let the, everybody say spirit, let the spirit direct your lives and then you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. What Paul's doing, everybody is he's comparing and contrasting a life that's built on our flesh versus a life that's built on the spirit. And another passage of scripture in Romans, Paul He's just really vulnerable and he, he's kind of like vomiting from the mouth about his struggles. And he says, what I know I shouldn't do, I do. And what I know I'm supposed to do, I don't do. What a wretched man I am. And I can think of a, a, another passage of scripture that when I read it, I'm like, Paul, 
I completely relate to you. I understand. I don't know if you do, but there, there are things I know in my life that aren't good for me, yet there are seasons where I still indulge. And there are things in my life that I know are good for me, yet I do the exact opposite. Anybody else in the room? All right, everybody else, you're just, you're just lying, all right? Join me, 2019, let's go together. No, we, we all have these issues, right? I mean, there's a war going on in our life between what I know I'm supposed to do and what I do, my, my, my flesh and my spirit. And that, that's what Paul is talking about. Like, you, you, your, your spirit man leads you, but oftentimes your flesh man takes you down places that you know you're not supposed to go, and it ends in misery, And there's four of these that I just want to compare and contrast this morning, because if you're taking notes, we need to recognize this. The the flesh produces bondage. But if you're taking notes, the spirit produces freedom. The spirit produces freedom. And this is the kind of life that God has created us for. So many of us, we find ourselves in seasons, situations where we're just bound up. and, And oftentimes it's because we've followed the path that feels good. But in our life, what feels good doesn't ultimately lead to the greatest joy. It just provides temporary satisfaction or temporary happiness. But Paul's saying, I want you to experience a life that's abundant joy. This joy just beyond the feeling, this joy just beyond the moment. It's life that's built on the spirit of God. So choose a life that's based on freedom, not on bondage. Recognize this, the second thing. Flesh produces doubt, but the spirit produces faith. I think so many of us, we're walking through life bound up by two words. What if? What if? And we've never stepped into what God has for us because we analyze and overanalyze everything. What if that happens? Let me tell you this. If, if a life of faith was easy, everybody would do it, right? It, it, if, if, if serving God was easy, if, if believing in God was easy, everybody would do it. Hey, Noah, what's, what's that big building project you got going on there, man? Well, uh, you see, God has said it's going to rain. And he's actually said, I, I don't even know what rain is, but he says it's going to rain so much that the whole earth is going to be flooded. And so I'm building a blow. Noah, come on, man. You're, you're out of your mind. Listen, just look around, man. This is, this is a desert. Here's the deal, everybody. If faith was easy, everybody would have got into the boat. Peter, come on, man. We don't have the life preservers here. I mean, the last time you tried to swim, you were doggy paddling and, and you couldn't even do that well. What, what are you talking about? You're going to go walk on water. No, it, it took faith to step out of the boat and, and, and to go toward Jesus. Think about Sarah, everybody, 90 years old. Walking into Babies R Us. Uh, yes, yes, ma'am, can we help you? Yeah, I know it seems a little crazy. I, I'm 90, I know. You can see the gray hair and I, I'm aging, but I, I, I came in. I wanted to get a couple onesies and, and a stroller. I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm actually going to have a boy, uh, a son, and, and he's going to be the father of a great nation. Uh, uh, security, could we get you, get you at the front? We've got a lady who's out of her mind. Listen, if faith was easy, everybody would do it. But a life in the spirit will cause you to, to do things and live in a way that the world will look at you and say, why would you do that? 
Why would you take that step of faith? But I believe this is a year not to live bound up by my insecurities or my what ifs or my doubt. This is a year to live full of faith, believing God is able to do the impossible. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hey, this is a year for some of you that God's going to call you maybe to walk through the adoption process or foster a child. Maybe for some of you this year, this might be the first year that you take an international missions trip, that you go outside of your comfort zone and follow God and do something great for his kingdom. For some of you, your marriages, man, you might attend a marriage conference or start counseling or do something way out of your comfort zone that causes your marriage to be better than it's ever been. Some of you are going to get married. Some of you might have children. Actually, we've already had a couple have children in 2019. We had one that had a child on January 1st at 4 a.m. Come on, isn't that awesome? That New Year's Eve party just went on into the night. It got a little while, it got a little while. Let's, let's live by faith. Even when it seems foolish, even when it doesn't make sense, let's trust that God is able to do above everything that we could ask or think in this year to come. Our spirit produces faith. Thirdly, our flesh produces religion, but our spirit produces, check this out, relationship. Relationship. Religion, everybody, is about the rules, but God is about the relationship. Man, if you're new to Bay Chapel or new to church this morning, let me just remind you, we're, we're all saved by grace. It's nothing we could do. It's not about religion. It's not about going through the motions. God it, it, it's not like God created 10 commandments and, and thought, you know what? I need somebody to follow these. Listen, you weren't, you weren't sitting on your couch one night with your spouse and, and thought, you know what? I need somebody in my life that I can tell no and, and stop that like a hundred times a day. Hey, why don't we have a kid? No, that's not the way it works, right? No, you, you, God put a passion in your heart to have, give birth to a child for relationship. Not so you could just walk around telling somebody the rules all the time. God didn't create us for re- rules, everybody. He created us for relationship. A spirit life, a, a life built on the spirit is a life that wakes up in the morning and says, God, I love you. I give my life to you one more time. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you're with me on the mountain. I want to know you're with me in the valley. Everywhere I go, God, I want to be madly in love with you and who you are. Number four is this. The flesh produces legalism, but the spirit produces grace. Legalism is this. It's, it's more emphasis on God's law and less on God's love. Here, here's my prayer church is that we would all always be a church. We would always be a people that we focus on the grace of God, that we don't get so caught up on, on what we have done or haven't done or the rules. And did, did we do it this way or that way that we just, man, we love people just the way they are. That this is a place that where people who are broken can walk in and sense, you know what? I know I don't have everything worked out, but I believe there's something here that can change my life. And it's the love and the grace of Jesus. Cause somebody say, amen. Amen. And, and here's what Paul does. He goes on. He says, so if you're going to live this spirit life here, here's what it looks like here. Here's how you do it. And he goes on verse 22. Look with me. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, we make a decision every day. I'm peeling back this crusty layer of my flesh and I'm saying, God, I'm saying yes to your spirit, not to my will. He goes on, he says, since we live by the, everybody say the next word. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And I chose the NIV because I love the way he says this. Since, since we follow the spirit, let's keep in step with the spirit. Because I had this thought, and, and here's what I visualize when I read this verse is, I think about dancing. And I think about how bad I am at dancing, everybody. Listen, like there is no fluid motion in my body. When, when I dance, it, it's mechanical, it's rigid, it's, it's bad. And, and I'm one of those dancers that like, I need somebody in front of me, you know, at the weddings and the parties, I need somebody in front of me that knows the motions real well. And I just do my best just to hang on. I, I mean, it's bad. When I think about, when I think about how I dance, it reminds me of, of a movie I love called Hitch. If you've ever seen Hitch, it's a, it's, it's a great, great comedy, Kevin James, Will Smith, and uh, it's my favorite scene in all the movie. You got, if you've never seen it, it's, it's funny. You got Will Smith. He's like this dating doctor. And these guys are coming to him because they don't know how to date well. And, and he's giving tips on how, how to, you know, date the ladies and, and score points w- w- with the ladies. And so this, this guy, Kevin James, comes to Hitch and he says, man, I got this, I got this big date with this lady. I know there's going to be some dancing involved. And so, you know, Hitch, I need help. And I can totally relate to, 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 to this guy in this moment. And, and Will Smith, is, his instruction is this. He says, man, whatever you do, you just stay right here, all right? You know, you don't get outside of this zone. You just stay right here. Just don't move a lot, in other words, all right? Just let everybody dance around you. That's what I need. Everybody else, you just dance around me. I just stay still. He says, no, man, let me show you my moves. He turns on the music and he starts making the pizza, man, making the pizza. And then he starts doing the Q-tip, you know, and, and, and that's, that's my kind of moves right there. You know, I can make a little pizza. And, and there comes a point, it just kind of drags on, and, and Will Smith finally hits the music. He looks at him, he says, don't ever do that again. Don't, don't ever. And that's exactly what Jen does to me when she sees me making the pizza. Don't embarrass, don't ever do that again. Here, here's what Paul's saying, everybody. He's saying, you know what to do. Now keep in step with the spirit. Unfortunately, when we live our own lives, we decide when we do things our own way, you know what? From, from time to time, I decide I want to make a little pizza. I want to do a little Q-tip. I'm going to do a little lawnmower. I'm going to live my way. I'm going to do things on my terms the way I want to do them. And it leads down a path of destruction in our life. What God's saying is this, hey, why don't you just stay right here and let me lead you, follow the Spirit's plan in your life, listen to my voice and my way, and you'll experience the greatest joy you could ever have in your life. Just stay in step with the Spirit. Just follow the Spirit's leading in your life. How do we do it? I'm glad you asked. I want to give you three things that will help us. Number one, number one, if we're going to follow the Spirit's lead, it requires me to trust it requires me to trust. Look what Psalm 9 verse 10 says. It says in the Passion Translation, it says, may everyone who knows your mercy keep putting their trust in you. For they can count on you for help no matter what. Hey, that's a word for somebody this morning. 
somebody's walking through a difficult situation and you have tried to control everything you can about what's going on in your life. And somebody needs to be reminded this morning, keep your trust in Christ. You can count on God in the season, the situation you're going through. He says, Oh Lord, you will never, no, never neglect those who come to you. Some of you are walking into a new year with situations that are bigger and beyond your control. And if you could get a picture for how it's all going to work out, it would be so easy, so much easier to sleep tonight. But God hadn't given you all the answers. He just let you know that he's going to be there in the middle of the situation. Oh, God, could you just tell me how it's going to end? Well, it wouldn't require faith, in, would it? It wouldn't require trust. So, some of you, your, your job is in limbo right now. And you're in a season of, of transition that you didn't see coming. And you don't know what's next. Some of you are, are discontent in your jobs right now. You're traveling a lot. You're, you're having to do things that, that really you, you didn't sign up for. You're uncomfortable. You're a little irritable in your, your season. And you're wondering, God, how are you going to work this all out? Some of you, there's relationship heaviness and difficulties. And, and you're, you're going, God, where, where is this going? Are, are, we, are we falling apart? Or what's happening in my relationship? S- some of you have received a word from the doctor recently that, that has shaken you to the core. And it, it, it's causing so much fear and anxiety in your heart. It, it's causing you to doubt instead of lean in and trust God. Can I just encourage somebody in the room? Somebody needs this word this morning. Trust God. Trust God. While you don't have all the answers right now, trust God. He's going to make a way out of no way. He's going to work it out. And it may not be exactly what you wanted. And it may not be exactly what you prayed for, but even when I don't get what God, what I wanted from God, I believe this. He is still faithful in my life. Can somebody say amen? Continue to trust and believe that God is working. Number two, it requires me to listen. If I'm walking the spirit, it requires me to listen. I just want to encourage you at the first Sunday of 2019, make a decision, man, that you're going to put God first. You're going to start this year seeking God couple ways that I would just challenge you to do this, just live, live this out, is maybe make a de- decision. Coming, coming off a season where we indulge so much, I think one of the greatest things that we can do is make a decision to fast in some way an area of our life. Maybe, maybe it's food. And I'm not talking about like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast broccoli. All right. You know, no, like, I can fast broccoli. I've been doing that for a little while. All right. Listen, I'm talking about something that's sacrificial that gets God's attention, says, God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some lunches. And instead of, of, of eating this week lunch, I'm going to spend that time and I'm going to just commit it to you and I'm going to worship and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek you. God, you know what? If, if you're being real, maybe you've been so distracted and consumed by just keeping up on social media. And one of the best ways that you could get God's attention to say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say no to that for a period of time. And every time I think about going on Instagram, I'm going to jump on the Bible app. And I'm going to commit some time to you. I'm going to put you first in an area of my life and watch what God does. Hey, let me challenge you with this. Just a practical next step. I don't know where you're at in your devotions. Just give God 15 15 minutes a day. Out of 24 hours, give God 15 minutes. Five minutes reading the Bible. 
five minutes in worship, just find your favorite praise and worship song and just seek God. And then five minutes talking to God. Use the Lord's prayer as a God, but just talk to God, listen to worship and, and then listen to God's voice and watch what God does. You know, a, a book that impacted me last year is called Peak Performance. And, and, and one of the quotes in this book is so powerful, but it says this, the best performers aren't consistently great, but they are great at being consistent. Hear me today. So this truth can, can change the game for your life. The best performers aren't consistently great, but they are great at being consistent. Let me tell you, the strongest disciples are the same way. They're, they're not consistently great, but they're great at being consistent. Oh, we all love emotional moments with God where we get goosebumps on our arms and we can feel God's presence. But let me tell you, a lasting relationship with God happens on the routine. It happens on the daily where we say, God, I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear your voice. I'm going to let you change my life. Number three, and we'll wrap it up this morning. Requires me to trust, requires me to listen, and it requires me to follow. It requires me to follow. In order to follow everybody, we got to stay close. In James 1.22, it says this. It says, don't deceive yourselves by just listening to his word. Instead, put it into practice. It's one thing to gain knowledge, but knowledge by itself just leads to arrogance. But God, help me to gain your word in such a way that I want to follow you and live it out and, and, and let it change me. Close with a quick story. Then we'll wrap it up this morning. It was one of the greatest experiences of our holidays, everybody. We had made a decision. I guess it was about September. We heard that there was a concert coming to town in December. My boys are pretty young. Never really been to a big concert, Christian concert. And so we bought tickets to the Christmas concert for King and Country. Incredible guys amazing show. We got there that night. And I think for me, it was the highlight of my Christmas season because I enjoyed all the moments of the concert, just living it through my seven and my eight-year-old son. And, and we had done some things, you know, they knew a couple of the songs leading into the show, the concert, but they didn't know the band that well. We got there that night and it was an experience like I blew, blew our minds. It, it, was, it was bigger and better than we could ever imagine. Just the, the lighting, the sound, the, the talent of the, of the band, unbelievable. There was a moment in the show where the guys, and I think they do this every concert, they, they walked off the stage and they began to walk through Amelie Arena. And we were seated, uh, seated about midway up through the lower bowl towards the back of the auditorium. And these guys made their way closer to where we were. And at one point they split and one of them started making his way up the aisle of the section that we were sitting in. My youngest Ben was right next to me. I was like, Ben, you got to get to the edge of the aisle, man. He's coming. He's coming your way. So he ran to the edge of the aisle and I thought, no, he's not going to come up this far. Well, he, he came up that far and he got to where Ben was and high five Ben. I thought this is the best moment ever but it got better. He got to where we were and he didn't stop there. He made a decision to walk right behind us, right behind our seats 
I was like, Ben, you got to get back, man. He's coming. He's coming. And here's Caden behind me. I mean, this dude from King and Country, he's eating popcorn out of somebody's bucket and high-fiving. And he walked past us and shook hands and high-fived every single one in our family. And I had my phone out and I turned it around. I mean, as a dad, it was just, it was such a special moment as I'm watching the joy on my boys' faces. They got to meet this dude from For King and Country. Let me tell you, everybody, we have listened over the Christmas holidays to this record non I don't ever want to hear a For King and Country song again. Because something happened with my boys that night. They knew, they knew about this band and they had heard a couple of songs. But when they experienced it, when they experienced it up close and they got to shake hands with the guys that sing those songs, it became alive for them in a whole new way. As a matter of fact, my, my boy Ben, he got the CD and if you remember what CDs were, there were these round devices. <laughs> and uh, he got the disc jacket out of the CD. When's the last time you pulled out a disc jacket from a CD? And the dude, every single song was just following line by line through all the lyrics, wanting to memorize all the lyrics to every single song. And I had a moment that hit me as I watched the joy of these guys falling in love with the band for King and Country. He said, it's one thing to know about a band, but to experience it makes it come alive so much more. Let me tell you this. It's one thing to know about God, but when you experience him and you touch him and he gets all up in your space, let me tell you, it creates a hunger inside you that doesn't go away. Here, here's my prayer, everybody, that we would not live this year just fleshly and worldly and just craving the appetites uh, that this life has to offer, but we would stay hungry and passionate to know and hear God's voice that we would wake up in the morning wanting to read the disc jacket, the words that God has to say for us today. Hear from God's word and hear from God's voice and let him change and challenge us. That every morning as we're driving and making our way to work, that we would have a song playing in our heart and on our radio that brings life and fills us with peace and joy. That we would live life full of the spirit. Is that the kind of life you want to live this year, church? Come on, let's live that life this year. Amen. Amen. Amen.